How are we doing? Good? Yeah? All right, so uh, we're going to start a, uh, a study today. And, and this study is going to be, um, it's proposed for six weeks long. Um, and it'll take us right up to right before Easter, a couple weeks before Easter. Um, everybody knows Easter's early this year, right? Easter's on um, Ogre and Regina's birthday. <laughs> birthday, not birthday. James's birthday, anniversary, resurrection day. We'll have a big old party. So if you want a reason to invite somebody to church, pick any one of those reasons. Primarily Easter would be the best. Um, but uh, no, we'll, uh, I just want to let you know it is early this year. Uh, so we're going to start a, a study in the book of Ruth that will take us um, probably about six weeks. Uh, I say probably, you know how things kind of can roll. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, depends on how long I continue with the introduction and all that good stuff, you know. Um, but what I want to do is as we um, start and we embark on this journey uh, through the book of Ruth, there's four chapters in uh, the book of Ruth. Um, and what I want you to do is I want you to you make this a part of your daily Bible reading, because everybody I know, you're all um, you know, super spiritual and everybody has that daily Bible reading. You should. If not, here's four chapters. You can read it uh, literally in 10 minutes. Uh, you can read through it. So uh, read through this multiple times. And, and as we go, we start on this, this journey, um, it, I, I know that some of you are sitting here and like, yeah, I know all about the book of Ruth. Fine. Um, don't get put any presupposed notions of what it is you want to expect out of this, because we'll probably take a different route in which uh, you've probably been accustomed to. Uh, most people say that the book of Ruth, and we're going to talk about the kinsman redeemer, and great story. We'll probably get there in about five, six weeks. Um, but there's so much more to look at and to see in the book of Ruth. In the book of Ruth, and what, what our focus is going to be on over these next six weeks is faithfulness. It's going to be faithfulness. There's a lot of stories and a lot of emphasis on faithfulness in the book of Ruth. So kind of maybe uh, put that in, into your mind. We're going to talk today about uh, love and loyalty. Uh, loyalty and faithfulness, I know, kind of go together. But um, we're going to focus in on, on love and loyalty. Um, so with that, let's, let's get started. If you have a Bible, I hope you do. Um, for, for those overachievers, you're going to hate me because we're going to start in 1 John uh, chapter 4. You're like, man, I was ahead of the game. I had my finger. We'll get to Ruth, I promise. But he, here's, my, um, here's the reasoning that I'm starting in 1 John chapter 4 because uh, as we're talking about faithfulness, we're going to need some root and we're going to need some basis and all this other stuff. And my fear is as we go through Ruth chapter 1 that I won't get to 1 John chapter 4. So I'm going to read this text and I want you to have this kind of sitting on the burner as we go through uh, Ruth chapter 1. Y'all with me? Yep, yep. All right. So look at uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. And if you're, you're taking notes, you want to write it down. We're going to go 7 through 12, and then we're going to go back to, to Ruth chapter 1. So uh, verse 7, it says, Beloved, or as our um, uh, high English would be, Beloved, Whatever, however you want to say that. Beloved, same, same thing. Beloved, yeah, I know this introduction is going to be long. Um, Someone's like, you sure this is only going to be six weeks? Now, here's the deal. I know it's snowing outside, and I know that you had a hard time getting out of the driveway and everything, but you're here now, so quit worrying and quit fretting over everything and just relax for a moment and be encouraged by the Word of God. 
Okay, that, that's what we're here for, this encouragement. I want to help encourage your faith right now. So let, let's do that as we read his word. Beloved, who's the beloved he's talking about? Us, us. All right, get past it, Lee. I, I'm, I'm getting there. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but, I love those buts, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Let that kind of sit in, and as, we'll, as we're reading through um, the, the, the book of, of Ruth, or the chapter 1 of Ruth today, kind of remember this text, and if I don't get back to this today, for sake of, you know, of lack of time, um, what I want you to do is uh, use this text as you're reading through, uh, and you're thinking back through what we talk about in Ruth 1 today, because... It's so easy for, for a preacher for, or somebody like me to say that you need to be faithful and we need to be faithful and you need to execute this well and God is faithful so you need to be faithful. But it all comes down to the, the, the fact of what God did for us in his son and why we can be faithful. It's easy for somebody to say, hey, Dan, you need to do this. But to have a root on how and why and the, 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 the workings of this uh, playing itself out in our life is important. So um, as we turn now to, to Ruth chapter 1, I, I hope we get back here, but we'll see. No promises. Uh, Ruth chapter 1, if you're um, looking, you know, trying to find it, either if you use the index, that's, not, that's all right. Um, or it's right after the book of Judges, which is... Um, Important in understanding kind of like the, the, the chronology, the, the, the historical background of what it is that's taking place, when it's taking place, and all this good stuff. We're not going to dive too deep into all that, but we're going to talk enough about it to get a, 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 an idea. So, Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. I, I love that, that the author, which we have no idea who the author of this book is. Um, it, it's thought that maybe it was Samuel or uh, maybe it was another scribe. Some even think that maybe it, it was a, um, a, a, a woman of the, uh, that was a secret student of the law because during that time, women were not uh, really uh, um, given the opportunities like they are today. So we don't know. With the focus on on um, the the, uh, the 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 feminine and the the, the, the women in this text, I I could believe I could I could be okay with saying yeah it, it, maybe it was a woman that wrote, that wrote it. I don't know, but what we know is the author of this book is going to put um, some historical data in front of us so we can say that, uh, like, like when we were going through the book of Luke, that we can say this is like a reference to when this all took place. Now, the book of Ruth was probably written um, a few hundred years after the events that took place in this. 
But what we have to understand is, this is these are historical events that took place. Here when it says that during the days or in the days when the judges ruled, probably roughly um, uh, about 1240, 1250 BC up until about 1000 or even maybe 980, 960 BC, somewhere around in, in, in that area. So why is that important? Um, so probably, you know, a, a thousand years before Christ was born is when this story, this, this event took place that we're going to talk about. So just kind of get, it, get you in the mindset. And there's a whole book of, of, of Judges. If you want to know what happened during, you know, the, the, the reign of the Judges, well, just flip a few pages back and you can read all about it. It's amazing how that all works, how it's all tied together. But it says, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. I think that we know what a famine is. There was a lack of food in the land. And a man of, the, of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So right out, out of the gate, we, we get um, the, the, some of the characters that are, that are um, uh, in this story. Well, we see that the, 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 uh, um, the, the stress of the story is this famine. This famine w- w- was in the land, and uh, Limelech said, okay, uh, Naomi, get the boys, and, and we're going to, uh, we, we got to go. We're going to go sojourn in Moab. Um, if you want to do a little side note and uh, side study on your own, uh, read the, the significance of Moab to the people uh, of God and the nation of Israel, because this was not a, a, a nice neighbor. And for them to go sojourn there, this is, this is a huge, this would be like, I mean, this would be akin of, of us saying, hey, let's go sojourn in Michigan, right? <laughs> right? What, what? What are you talking about, Willis, right? All right. So... It says that um, the, the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, and the name of the one was Orpah, not Oprah, Okay. <laughs> Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. Why couldn't they just be like Sally and Ruth, right? I mean, why would that be so confusing? Um, they lived there about 10 years, and both Malon and Chilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Um, understand the huge significance of this. This is not like today when, when, when um, somebody is widowed or does not have a family around that they, they can uh, uh, reach out to the government or reach out to some organization to help. Um, in in this, this culture, especially now outside of their own country, this woman, what, what, what's happening here is uh, the, the writer is identifying the the, the, the solitude, the aloneness, um, the, the really the destitute that, that she's in now because everybody, all of her family has, has died. It says there in verse 6, then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and had given them food. So remember, the reason that they left from the, from uh, Palestine there, from, uh, from Bethlehem, from Judah, um, was because there's no food there. Now, um, there, there's a lot of conjecture there, and there's a lot of, of speculation. There's a lot of people say, well, yeah, they were being disobedient to the Lord. Okay, yeah, maybe. 
Maybe that they were being disobedient to the Lord in the way in which God uh, judged them or disciplined them that time was that um, because Elimelech uh, in the time of adversity uh, said, deuces, I'm out of here, I'm going to go somewhere else. Maybe uh, God was, was judging him on that. Could, could very well possibly be. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to focus on that. What I want to focus on is there was a famine. They went to get food. Now where they're at, they're finding out that there's food uh, years later back in their, in their hometown, in their home country. And this came to Naomi. It says, so she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Juna, Ju- yeah, Juna, Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have, I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So stop real quick and let's see what's going on. So um, uh, Naomi's saying, okay, I've heard that there's food back here. Uh, um, I, I, I want to I go back. I want to go back to uh, my people. I want to go back to where I'm supposed to be. I want to go back there. And, and as the, she gets ready to set out, um, her daughters and, uh, daughters-in-law are, are tagging along and saying, okay, we're going to go with you. And she says, well, wait, 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 wait. No, this, this isn't the, where I'm going. That's not where you're from. That, those aren't your people. These are, these are my people. Um, uh, you, you stay here, and, and uh, you, you, you go back to, to, your, to your families. I'm going to go. And, and she pleads her case there. And, and um, she even asks the question, why will you go with me? And, and that's, that's the question I think that we're going to answer today. That's a question that as, I, as I've been preparing for this all week that, 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 we can, uh, that was really ringing in my mind of Naomi saying to her daughters-in-law, why do you want to go with me? Why go back with me? Here, when she pleads her case, one, uh, the, the one daughter uh, says, um, one daughter, Orpah, uh, says, okay, I'm going to stay. But Ruth says, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, why is she still saying that I'm going to go with you? Let's, let's read on a little bit and let's try to figure this out. Verse 15. And she said, so this is, this is uh, Naomi saying, she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, and when I, when I read this, I, 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 I picture her being a little sassy. 
So she's talking to her mother, though. She, she's, she, she's trying to, she's going to be assertive. She's going to be adamant here. So there may be a little bit of sass in her voice. It says, Ruth said to her, what, what, what do you mean? Do, do not urge me to leave you and return from, the, from following you. So I don't think that she was disrespectful here, but I think at this point she wants to get her point across. I, I, I mean, most of us have kids, or if you don't have kids, maybe you've encountered young kids. If not, you can take mine for a test drive for a while. I mean, you, when the kids want something, their tone, their demeanor, the, the, devil, the demons inside of them, they're different, Right? They're, they're not just like, oh, okay, you don't want me to, okay, I'm just going to, I wish it was that, that, that simple, right? But so, so I, I think that when, when Ruth said, or I'm sorry, when Naomi said to Ruth, okay, you stay, I'm going to go. And she said, nah, wait a second, don't urge me to leave you or return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So can we picture that? Can we picture Ruth there, like kind of getting, putting her hand on her hip? Like, wait, wait a second. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mama, I love you, but I, you, you ain't leaving me here. I'm not staying. I'm not going to be anywhere where you're not. Why in the world? Because, again, so I'm thinking, Naomi said to ask that question, why, why would you want to go with me? Why is Ruth so adamant about going with Naomi? Let me read on a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And let me tell you this. This is not like they're jumping on a bus or they're not like walking from here down to the corner store. Uh, this is a, a, a quite a long journey that's going to take place here. So there's, there's plenty of time that it is passing here. It's, it's not just a oh, casual or casual walk. It says here, so the two of them went until they uh, came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. That's, that, that's an interesting fact. Why was it stirred because of them? Well, it says here that in the woman said, or the, and the women said, is this Naomi? So they, they remember Naomi. Remember, they, they, they've only been gone uh, a little over 10 years now. And she said to them, do not call me Naomi, but call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. What she's doing is she's uh, using a play on words there. If you look down there um, in, in your footnotes on, in your Bible, it'll tell you what, what those play on words um, are. And Naomi means pleasant, uh, whereas Mara means bitter. So she's saying, wait a second, don't call me Naomi. Don't call me pleasant anymore, but call me bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? 
This is where I, uh, the, the, the conjecture, some people say, well, this is the, uh, the judgment that was taken on her family for leaving the, the land uh, that God had promised them, the, the, for leaving the, the, the promised land here, then going to a, a, a neighboring land. Um, so she's saying that we left full, but remember, they left because there was no food. So they left full. So this is not a physical fullness. This is a, a spiritual and emotional fullness. And so that she's left, em- or she's coming back empty. Why is she empty? Because everything's been taken from her. No one in here has ever had that, that, that feeling, right? That everything's been taken from you? Give me your wallet. We'll just kind of inter- enact it right now, right? <laughs> no, but, but she has this thought that like, everything has been taken from me. So because everything has been taken from me, I don't want you to call me pleasant. I want you to call me, call me bitter. Verse 22, so Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite with her, or her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. This is important. It says that the Moabite came with her. So remember, it says that the people were stirred. The whole town was stirred because of them. Why were they stirred? Well, maybe they were stirred because uh, Naomi's coming back um, after many years of being gone. That, that, that oh, hey, we're welcoming a sister. Uh, we're welcoming, welcoming family back in. But it might be because of who Naomi has with her. Naomi has a foreigner, not just a foreigner, a Moabite. And if you read in Deuteronomy, I think it's in Deuteronomy, where it talks about how the Moabites should never be, they can never be in the assembly of God. This is a huge factor to the story here of Ruth being a Moabite. As we'll see in a few weeks, how this is, makes it even, um, uh, her being a Moabite is monumental in the grand scheme of Jesus' lineage. But um, here, the people are stirred because of Naomi coming back and her bringing back Ruth with her. Remember, Naomi didn't want to bring back Ruth. Naomi didn't say, all right, come on, ladies, let's go. She did quite the opposite. She even questions, like, why do you want to go with me? And, and I, I think that this is where we see um, what, what the, the theme that I want to focus on over the next t- uh, six weeks, this theme of faithfulness. Why w- w- was Ruth loyal to uh, Naomi, whereas Orpah was not? I, I, I don't have the, the clear cut. This is why, you know, this happened and this happened. What, what I want to focus in on is um, the, the, the result of Ruth uh, wanting to go with her, her mother-in-law was because I'm 100% convinced of this. There, there's no other possible reason that, that, um, that they could, why this could be. But I'm convinced that, that, that um, Ruth observed over those 10 years the faithfulness of Naomi. So, so Ruth, over ten, a 10-year period, observed the faithfulness of Naomi. So when the stuff hit the fan, and when things got dicey, and, like, and a big decision had to, to, to be made, instead of being like Orpah saying, yeah, I don't know about that unknowing, because, because Ruth and Orpah, ne- neither of them knew anything about going back over here to Bethlehem. When that decision was made, Orpah's like, yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with what I know. But because of the faithfulness of Naomi, Ruth said, you know what? I'm going with you. And I'm not just going with you. 
I'm going to call those people my people because I've seen how you act. I've seen, I've seen how you live. And it's not just because of the people. I'm going to call your God my God. I want to identify, and she even uses that if you look in um, verse 17, where she says, may the Lord, Yahweh, that's the personal name of God, so she's taking ownership of God, not like she, God's her puppet and, he, and she's, or he's uh, on a string and she's you know, controlling him. She's saying, I want to identify with Yahweh. I want to identify with God. Why is it that she wants to identify with God? It's because of one of God's faithful servants. Now, now, now what I want us to, to, to kind of just draw from this is that Naomi, in, in Ruth's eyes, was a faithful servant. But what we, what we read about Naomi, I think it's sometimes Naomi had some struggles of her own. Because she even says here, back in, um, where are we at here? Verse 13, No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. So at some point, Naomi looked at the situation that was going on as God's judgment, God's discipline. God, she was viewing that like, what it is that I'm doing, God is against me in this. Yet, even though that God was against her, obviously, and this, this is all, you know, I'm, I'm pulling here from the text. Obviously, even though the, her, 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 her view was because of this situation, I feel that God is against me that did not keep her from being faithful to God. I think that that's the, the problem which we have a lot of times is, is when um, the things are starting to get tough and we think that God is against us. We think that the way in which we to deal with, with, with the God being against us is just, is just having a Jonah moment. And when I say having a Jonah moment, we try to run away. I, I don't want to do this. I can't handle this. No, 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 no. Here's the deal. Faithfulness is one of the hardest things in which you will ever develop in your life. Because, especially in our society, faithfulness takes time. And it takes turmoil. And it takes the, 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 these pressures on us that at the time we're like, oh man, I can't do this. You're not called to be good at what everything you do. You're not called to be perfect at everything you do. You're called to be faithful at everything you do. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes, absolutely. I bet you that my, my, my kids, each one of them can tell me of the mistakes which I've made towards them. But just because I, I make a mistake doesn't mean that I cannot be faithful to God. And I see this, and I'm, as I'm thinking more in depth on this, like, okay, the display of her faithfulness. She wasn't waking up every morning saying, got to be faithful, got to be faithful, got to be faithful. It was in her disposition because she had reserved herself and she had surrendered herself to God that it just came out. Now, does that, does that just, and when I say that, some people are like, wait a second, it just happens? 
No, our, our, our faithfulness is, is developed through time. Remember, it takes some time and it takes some, some trials. It takes some tribulations. It takes training. That's the big word that we like to use here. We don't try, we train. It takes some training. But in the midst of being faithfulness, sometimes you don't see that faithfulness. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Shannon and I have been married, what, 17 years now, right? 17. 17 years now. I don't wake up every morning and say, I'm going to be faithful to my wife. I am faithful to my wife, but I don't have to wake up every single morning and say that. Some, maybe, maybe some are, somebody's been married you know, a week or two weeks or something, and that is something that, they're, that, that is, is on their mind. I want to be faithful. I want to do the, 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 you know, be in it for, for the long haul. My, faithful, my faithfulness that comes through for my wife has been developed through the years, whereas it's second nature. It happens. Now, it wasn't, and maybe some of you are like, well, that's just kind of a crazy, I don't relate with that because I've been hurt here, there, wherever. Well, understand this. Your faithfulness, and this is going to be maybe going to cause somebody to go, wait a second. Your faithfulness is not dependent upon you. Your faithfulness is dependent upon God. Because the Bible tells us, and I think it's 2 Timothy maybe, where even if we're faithless, he remains faithful. Our, our, our foundation, our base, and this is why I wanted to, to, to throw that first John out there, our base for our faithfulness is because God is already faithful. He is so faithful in his display of his faithfulness as he sent his son. Why? So that we can go into a foreign country, for, so we can go to a foreign place that's not here, so we can, we can dwell with him and amongst his people forever. Here, when it, when it says, when, when, when Ruth is in that, 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 that moment where she's, she's, she's standing up on her soapbox, hand on her hip, and you go getting it, you know, when, when, she, when she's there, she makes a, a pronouncement that, uh, that, that we kind of, we can look over. We can look over very easily because, I don't know why, but we can do it. Where she says, may the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. I, I know that everybody in here, everybody in here at one point or another has been affected by um, a death. Death in the family, friend, whatever it may be. For her to say, because this is fresh. Remember, her, her, her husband just died. This is fresh in her mind. She's like, if anything parts me from you, mama, anything but death Anything but the, the, that that we just experienced with, with Pops and, 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 and the, the boys, anything but that, if anything departs me, departs me from you, anything but that, anything but that, she says, let, let, the, let, the, Lord, let the Lord do so to me. Well, what do you mean, let the, let the, let the Lord do, to, do so to me? Well, let, let the Lord kill me. She's saying, I'm willing to die to go and do what it is that I know that God wants me to do. I, I, I'm willing to, to, to sacrifice. And maybe some of you are like, wait a second, now we're crossing the line a little bit. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to die over anything. Kind of like my life. We'll look at this on a level of personal sacrifice. She's willing to sacrifice whatever it is to make God her God, to make Yahweh 
the Lord of her life. I think too many times what we do is, is we, we kind of enter into a, a church environment and we say, yep, Jesus is, you know, Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is my savior. Yes, but is he Lord? She's saying here, I'm going to sacrifice anything or everything so he, so God, Yahweh, is the Lord of my life. I, now, I, I no longer going, am going to follow what it is that these other guys, and it's, if you look at the, the small letter G gods, the, these false gods, say, she's saying now, I, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever. Up to the point where I'm, I'm going to leave everything I know to go here. Why? Because that's the one true God. There is no other God. Here, Naomi, when she's talking about, you know, God dealt bitterly with me. And she said, why, do you, why would you want to go with me? Even though that I, I've done some crazy things, and, and, and even though that I don't always understand, and this is, this is my, one of my prayers all the time, God... And it's a, it's a hard prayer, so here's my time of confession, right? My, my prayer is, God, I don't understand what you're doing. And, and usually it's a little bit more colorful than that. Like, God, what in the world? Do you see what's going on? Do, do you see how, they, like, I, I, can't, I can't do this. It's usually that prayer where I'm like, I'm, I'm usually, I'm in here by myself. And if you ever walk in and you hear somebody yelling, it's usually me yelling at God. And it's not because I, I like, it's like, I'm crying out like, ah, I don't get it. I don't know why you're allowing this, 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 and this to happen. Do you hate me? I, I'll be the first one to, to, to raise my hand on that. I, have you ever thought that, don't raise your hands, that's fine. You ever thought that like God, you've, you've questioned like, God, do you, do you really like hate me because of, of what's going on? And then he smacks you and says, no, I love you. I love you so much. And I see that, you know what? You're right where I want you to be because right, right, right there where you're at is you're crying out to me. You have nowhere else to turn but to me. And now I can work in you. Orpah, she's still going to go and, and, and try to do her own thing and make it her own way. But Ruth, I got plans for you. And as we're going to see, I got big plans for you. So when we ask this, like, we would ask ourselves, okay, yeah, how, how can I be faithful? I want to be faithful. I, I need to be faithful. Turn back to 1 John, and we'll end here. Let that question that they Naomi as I read this text, and all I'm going to do is read through it. I'm not going to explain all of it. Just let that question ring through your head. Why, why, why do you want to go with me? Let that question ring through your head. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, the satisfying atonement for our sins. Beloved, 
If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Why do you want to go where I'm going? Why does, is Ruth looking at Naomi and have so much loyalty for Naomi? It was because of the love of God that was just pouring out from her. Even in the midst of everything going crazy, it was the love of God that was in her. So as we, as we think about like how, how can I be faithful, what we need to do is we need to focus in and, 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 and have a, a clear understanding that God loves us. Even when you don't feel worthy of love, God loves you. Even when you're an idiot, God loves you. Even when things are happening and, and, and God's disciplining you, he really loves you. Because it says God disciplines those whom he loves. We never, ever, 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 ever need to question, does God love me? Because the Bible is clear that he loves you so much. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us.